G'day punters and welcome to Winning Coast's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, August 8. I'm John Barker and joining me once again are Joel Marshall and Daniel Nuttall. Well, the weather is clear, clearing up in southern Australia and there's a hint of spring because we've got the first of the black type for the new season. We have the Rosebud and the Miss Sydney and the Ori Star in Melbourne. Well, Joel, as I've written in Winning Post and Best Bets this week, the Rosebud intended as the first race, of course, in the Golden Rose series. But not only has no horse completed the double, but no Golden Rose winner has ever run in the Rosebud. Uh, can you see that changing this year? Uh, look, I think there's a couple of classy types in the Rosebud this year. But you're right, it just just a bit early, isn't it? Some of the big guns are still... Well, they haven't even stepped out in trials. I know some of the big sets of trials in Sydney this week and last week, we're starting to see some of the, the big guns turn out. But, yeah, it's just a bit too soon, I think, for the for the absolute stars. I think looking at the Rosebud, I could see a horse like Ole Kirk getting to a Golden Rose. Um, a few other sort of speedier types, which I'm not sure if they're going to be major players in a race like that. Um, but, yeah, as you say, it's probably um, just a different sort of a lead-up race. You wait till the run to the Rose and then you'll you'll see the big Golden Rose players step out. Yeah, and I guess it's a similar story with the Ori Star. Daniel, back in the day, well, probably it was only 10 or 15 years ago, but you might get the Cox Plate winner uh, resuming in the Ori Star. Probably not so much the case these days with uh, the way training practices have changed. Yeah, that's right. And look, looking, looking at the field here, you won't be seeing any Cox Plate winners. Uh, look, it's not, a, it's not a terrifically great field, is it, the Ori Star, but um, yeah, a few of these sort of a lot of having residual fitness from the winter probably won't aspire to any real spring heights, but still a, still a competitive affair, um, no doubt. But the, the race I'm looking forward to is the missile in Sydney, which we'll touch on. That's a um, cracking contest, plenty of group one winners resuming, and um, probably smart types with a bit of residual fitness on their side. So, really good betting contests in both Sydney and Flemington in their group races. We'll start. In Sydney, at Rosehill Gardens, expecting a fairly wet track. There are two black type races, as I mentioned. First of those, race six, it is the Schweppes Rosebud, 1,100 metres, a quality handicap for three-year-olds, listed race. Joel, where did you go? You know, I'm a big fan of Ole Kirk. Um, and I think he's, as I said, mentioned earlier, he's probably the horse that I, you know, I think can get to one of those big races um, coming out of Saturday's Rosebud. But just over the 1,100, I've lent the way of number five, Anders. I think he's come back even sharper, this Colt. His first preparation was okay. He certainly didn't give an impression that he was among sort of the better two-year-olds of, of the season. And then his next, his second preparation seemed to really take the next step. He ran into Peltzer first up at Kimbler Grange. That horse won a couple since and very smart and then he went to Wyong, bolted in with a maid and then came to town and won on a heavy track so he's ticked the wet box he beat a handy one in Andermath when he did come to town back in May and a recent trial win by five lengths I think has him well set up to be hard to beat fresh so five Anders to beat one Ole Kirk I think I read earlier this morning they're still up in the air whether he actually does in fact run he did only trial on Tuesday but he's a very talented colt. He just got a bit too far back in both those group ones in the autumn, but ran super both times. The three rulerships got a big reputation. Obviously, he went down to Victoria for his 
grand final as a two-year-old and he finished midfield in the Blue Diamond. They brought him back to Sydney and they tried to get him up for the kindergarten. He struck the heavy track. It was a little bit disappointing there. He's better than that. And I think the couple down the bottom, both debut winners, 10 and 11, I've lent the way of 11 to include in my four, uh, the face. He went to Gosford, got the maiden win on the board. It was a bit of a track gallop for him, but uh, I think he can take another step. I've gone five to beat one, three and 11. Yeah, I'm with rulership, the Snowden Colt. He made a fan of me in his debut preparation. That Randwick win was uh, terrific on a good track. It was far too speedy for him there. And then as Joel touched on, went to, went to Melbourne for that Blue Diamond series. Uh, wasn't far off Hanseatic in the prelude. And then a few things went wrong in the Blue Diamond. It wasn't too far away. Um, heavy track run, obviously, a little bit of a query. Um, considering you're sort of well held there. Um, but didn't have all things go with all things go right from that race. I really love the trial win, did it easily. Um, and Maps get all the favours in Barrier too. So I think a good price rulership, $6. He's my on topper in the Rosebud. I've got seven in next shake. Might not be as talented as some of the horses up the, the sort of top of the page, but she's got that fitness on her side. And look, she was a pretty sort of a, a messy race with that, with that big fall. Um, last start behind Smart Image, but made that horse. It was a pretty... Pretty handy one work to beat her. The five and next Anders, um, a couple of months off with residual fitness and um, has trialled well. And of course, the wet track form reads really well. And the 11 in next, the face, 3-7-5-11. Shake, looking to the car, only the second filly to win the Rosebud in its 14 or 15 years. Um, well, if I like Kirk's, in doubt, Joel, uh, we might be struggling for each way betting there because rule of law and one to remember already out. So we've only got nine left at the moment, eight if there's no LA Kirk. Race seven, as Daniel referred to earlier, at Rose Hill on Saturday is the Iron Jack Missile Stakes, 1,200-metre group two. And we've got Joel's best coming up against Daniel's value best for three rolls and up this race at set weights and penalties. Joel, normally wait for age, so your selection, which is your best for the card, probably not advantaged uh, by having to carry the 57 here. Flit. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I, I hadn't sort of read anything uh, that, that this race was reverting to set weights plus penalties and sort of just sprung up on me on Monday or Tuesday when doing the form. And yeah, as you said, you know, it, it disadvantages a, her, a mare like her with a Group 1 win. Um, and she's got to give some uh, some talented males a, a kilo and, and even her talented stablemate Savitiano a kilo and a half. But it is a pretty compressed weight scale. And it didn't put me off tipping her. Um, she's a, a real talent. She, of course, won the 1,000 guineas in the spring last year. She came back in the autumn. She was dynamite first up with the blinkers on in the light fingers, denting a few reputations there and, and paying double figures. The preparation went a bit skew if after that. They went out to the mile for the All-Star Mile, and that was just a forget. She went way too hard from the outside barrier in front, dropped out. Then they freshened her up, took the blinkers off, and she just missed um, by a frustrating nose there in the arrow field behind Splintex. Thought her recent trial at Hawkesbury was excellent. Inside gate, that's the, that's the gate she had in the light fingers, and blinkers back on. She's never missed the Quinella 5 goes 1,200. I think she gets all favours to be very hard to beat. Uh, 10, Eduardo. We saw him back to the winner's circle. First start for the Joe Pride stable. 
thought he showed plenty of tenacity there to win, to hold off Roe Heron, giving that horse four kilos. Drawn well, he'll be up on the speed and very hard to catch. 13 Sabatiano is a talented mare. She's won four from seven fresh. She was a group two winner fresh last prep and then ran second in the group one behind the Bostonian. Uh, she'll get a lovely run from that draw. And seven special reward is, uh, well, he's a real winner. Eight from 14, former Perth sprinter, now with Chris Lees. He won a couple for the stable last prep, and he seems to be going well. Melody Bell will go in my quaddie, number four. I've left her out of the numbers. Look, her recent trial was very good. She's come up favourite. I think she's a bit under the odds. We know she's better over further than this distance, but she is all class, and that's why she'll go in my quaddie. I'm keen on flip, though, 5, 10, 13, 7. Yeah, Savatiano probably advantaged by the set weights and penalties. Still um, chasing an elusive Group 1 win. She's, as Joel touched on, she's a ripping mare at the beginning of her preparation. Um, first and second off, she really shows her best. The recent trial when at Kensington um, caught my eye. She sort of darted along the inside and sort of coasted the line under her own steam to win the heat over Splintex and a Group 1 winner in Conti Partiero back in third. Um, Splintex was sort of being urged along late to keep up with her. Um. So, yeah, she's on top for me, <coughs> Savatiano. Uh, in for second, I have Melody Bell, who you know, 10-time Group 1 winner. The query's over further, but I really like the recent trial. Uh, in for third, got the 10, uh, the ten, which is Eduardo. Horse I've always plenty of time for, sort of made a habit of winning early on in his career. His last few starts in Melbourne before sort of shifting stables, uh, not a lot went right for him, so it was good to see him win. First up, as Joel said, giving a pretty talented one a bit of weight. Um, drops two and a half kilos here and will certainly be up on the speed and take running down and in for fourth of five flips. Uh, 13, four, 10 and five. All right. As I mentioned that those selections were Joel's best and Daniel's value on the Rose Hill card. But uh, Joel, your value comes up earlier. It is a horse that hasn't won in Six outings so far this campaign, but uh, it is a Chris Waller-trained import in a 2,400-metre race, so I surely we're not getting double figures, are we? I speak of race five, number four, Desert Path. Yeah, Desert Path. He's come up around 7.50, which I think's fair enough. As you said, he hasn't won for a while. You, you want each way figures to play, but, you know, this is Chris Waller's hitting zone and all sort of um, usual suspects here. He just missed at Randwick two starts back. He'd sort of just been battling, maybe just gaining fitness down in Victoria. Shifted him back up to Sydney, just beaten by Tigra Royale, who's absolutely flying. Uh, winner again at Sandown last week. That was from barrier one, and he was able to settle sort of just behind the leaders. And then last start behind Court Show, he drew seven of 12. They rode him negatively, went back to last, and he was just never in it. Um, I think he's a horse that needs to be sort of put sort of into the race somewhat and get interested. And from barrier one, uh, he should get the run as he did two starts back and, and hopefully it's his turn. So I think he's a good each way play and a pretty tricky and wide open affair. And Daniel, your best comes up in the eighth. It's a near unanimous selection of the winning post panel. It is the Godolphin, the lightly raced and talented Godolphin horse, Taylor. Yeah, plenty of time for Taylor Bucks. The first up win was awesome. She got chasing down switch. She sort of looked to have the race won. Um, second up behind an all-the-way winner with the, the sort of bias suited the leader there. But she drops three kilos down to 54 from that run. Um, she's just, I think, talent-wise, she got panels on these 
on these horses and a 54 kilos um, third up with, um, yeah, pretty pretty high ceiling this sort of thing she'll be really hard to beat the good thing of the day in Sydney for mine race eight number 10 Flemington is the venue for Melbourne racing on Saturday as I mentioned there is the one black type race it is the group three Ori star handicap 1200 meters uh, it is uh, it's a uh, it's a minimum 55 there's a 5k Spread here worth 160000 Among those resuming is last year's winner, Sosie Bon. Uh, not a very frequent winner, although he started to uh, started to turn into Winks last campaign. <laughs> oh, what did you like here? Tricky race. Um, I've always been a fan of Trope, and I'm going to fall into him again this preparation, <laughs> no doubt, for the... For the new stable, formerly with uh, Team Hawks, hard to uh, you know, hard to improve a horse from Team Hawks. But uh, he was bought for good money. He is still an entire, so I guess the the new ownership group trying to make a stallion of him. He's only won the one race, a maiden, but he's clearly more gifted than that. We saw his performances early last spring. Those seconds behind Deprive and Acadia Queen were very good. Manicato, sort of the pattern of the night, didn't really suit. And you could probably be a bit forgiving for that. I thought his Oakley plate run first up in the autumn wasn't bad. He got a long way back. And again, the the, uh, on-speed pattern of the day was totally against him. But he wasn't beaten all that far. And then maybe the new market, he was just probably completely outclassed. It certainly wasn't the best of him. He's had a couple of jump outs for the new stable. Seems to be going well. And at $12 or $13, he's a decent enough price to fall into again. So I'll lend his way from five great again, racing very consistently. Uh, two good performances down the straight, a win in the straight six and a second to Lord Von Costa, a good last start third in the Bletchingley. Uh, two home of the Brave also comes through that straight six race. He went back to Sydney, ran fourth behind Trumbull, a recent trial winner in Sydney. He, he'll run well, just whether he can win. And 10 gamekeeper I've put in for fourth. He might be the one flashing at them late. Still plenty of room for improvement, this bloke. Four from four last time in, started off at 1,250 metres and ended over 2,000. So he'll get better when he gets over a bit further, but he'll be the one flashing at them, I think. I've gone 8, 5, 2, 10. Well, he's hard to trust home with a bro, but I'm going I'm to stick with I'm gonna stick with him here. He's had two runs down the straight at Flemington. Um, one of them was his Australian debut, and it was in this race two years ago. Uh, when, he, when, he, when he placed and then earlier in the campaign, two starts ago, finished 30 or 62 kilos on a heavy track. Um He's very good all down the straight. The Sydney trial win um, a couple of weeks ago was very good. And a uh, pretty interesting comment from James Cummings earlier in the week saying this horse is probably their good Olfen's best straight track runner. Pretty interesting comment considering Bivouac thrashed him in a new market. But um, I'll take that on board. And look, I'm pretty keen on him. He's seen some support um, throughout the week already. And I'm going to stick with Home of the Brave. It's probably on his last chance, though, with me anyway. So the two on top. Nine in next, which is Hightail. I've always had plenty of time for this horse. The two wins start of the preparation. Though he's going to really go on with it and sort of been freshening up between runs. Eagle Farm in the in the Stradbroke wasn't far away from some pretty good horse in Group One company, um, and then a little bit disappointing in the Ramorne last. I probably entitled to do a little bit more. Again, been freshened off after that. Um, he run as best he certainly in this the five in next great again. Straight track form sound and respect the market and the six and next signal fox two nine five and six. 
Yes, well, I know that uh, Flemington takes a fair bit of rain to get significantly wet, but uh, currently in the soft range and 6 to 10 mils at the moment, uh, forecast for Friday in Melbourne, which uh, is a fair bit. And with that in mind, I've gone with Great again, uh, who uh, really has a sensational record on the uh, soft and heavy tracks. 11 starts, 7 wins, 3 seconds. Those two recent runs uh, have been excellent. And with Great again to beat 10 gamekeeper, 2 home of the Brave and 6 Signore Fox. Uh, Joel Trope was your value bet on the Flemington card and I'm with your best as well, which comes up in the last. In the benchmark 70 race, just expecting this horse to progress to a better level than this number seven, Savvy Lad, former Kiwi, came over with some wraps, didn't show up in either of his summer slash autumn runs. I thought his first up run indicated he was back on track. It was a good effort at Caulfield without all favours and he finished pretty close up third behind Mystery Shot and Wicklow Town and, and quite a, a deep three-year-old handicap. So back to the benchmark 70 level. Look, there's a couple of horses in here that have got plenty of room for upside. Lord Markle, Shush, Pinion finding it hard to win, but certainly a winning hope. And then there's a bit of a tail to the race. Maybe antagonises a good roughie. But I think Savvy Lad, if he's going to get to a decent... From a good gate, he should be very hard to beat in the last. And Daniel, your Flemington specials, uh, when you have spoken to Philip Stokes this week, and uh, Octane, the former Victorian, uh, well, he's a Victorian, I guess, still, but uh, previous Victorian campaign, not that flash, flying in Adelaide, back, can win in race eight. Certainly can, and I'd like to say I'm the leader of this bloke's um, fan club. I was it's sort of been horse I've followed even from his time in Victoria when he was with Kieran Ma and David Eustace. He'd always shown plenty of promise and talent and jump outs and trials and even on the racetrack, but he just struggled to sort of put it all together really here. Um, but since he's come to Philip Stokes, he's just he's gone gone to another level. He's won five from six and the fashion and how he's won a lot of those races have been uh, quite pleasing to the eye. Of course, it's a different kettle of fish here in Melbourne in um, benchmark 90 grades are some of the horses been beating up on in Adelaide, but uh, they lightly raced five rolls under the 12 starts under his belt. I think there's plenty of improvement to come and as good as I think he is, I think he'll be hard to beat in this octane. My best race eight, number six, the value comes up earlier in the day. Um, Hayes, Dabernig runner by the name of five kingdom. It's sort of shown plenty of promise in his uh, sort of the first first couple of campaigns. His last preparation, he was good without winning. Um, he's sort of running on to finish midfield and I'm a little bit of a money muncher. But this time, this time, and he's a two runs back from a spell. He's come back in really good order. He's set a long way back in both runs. Um, so that obviously is a bit of a query there, wondering, watching how the track is going to be playing on Saturday. Um, but he ran on well against, against the Grain and Mooney Valley second up. I think third up, 1,700 metres, 1,720, ready to do something now. And it did jump out really well prior to the first up run. Um, drops four, four kilos and ticks plenty of boxes, I think. So that's $7 worth an each way bet in race number four. Race four, number eight, five, Kingdom. Yes, well, I'm afraid my specials are up against Daniel's in both cases. <laughs> my best is in that race against five, Kingdom. And uh, listeners will not be surprised to find that it's Tavi Dance. Uh, just can't, just prepared to forgive that last run. Pulled up with a slow recovery rate. 
not much excitement at all at about a dollar eighty, and uh, just it's gone about thirty meters, and wasn't going to win. And my value bet is up against uh, Octane, which is uh, race eight, number eleven, sort of mercy, much improved mare. Was an eleven start maiden, but uh, three wins and a second since then. This is tough, has to take on the males uh, this time, but uh, handling the wet, it's going well. Just down in the weights and uh, has uh, every chance. That is race eight, number eleven, Sword of Mercy. We will now head across to uh, Australia's favourite race course at Murray Bridge. And uh, I'll just bring up the front page of that and we will find, Daniel, that uh, your best comes up in the second on the program for John O'Connor and that's number five, Aka Can. Yes, um, favourite royalty. We are to beat, no doubt about that. It probably deserves to be favourite. I thought Aka Can, um, apparently because you're 54 and a half kilos after the three kilo claim, can run a really good race. He's been in... Terrific form this time in. He's, it's been about a year since he's won his last race, but he always runs well. Um, Barry Seven, it could be getting him, spotting him a little bit of a lead, uh, but I really like the way he's going this time in. He's, he's drops in grade after a fourth to Shildora last start. And uh, the start prior, he was second behind a pretty smart one in Hypersonic, who the McAvoy's brought over to Melbourne last weekend. Um, just over the odds, I think. Um, and yeah, my best of the day in. At Murray Bridge, race two, number five, Akakan. The the value was scratched earlier today, so I'll have to have a next best, which comes up in race four, number six. Uh, this one's shorter than Akakan. This is the Fields of Ivy for the McAvoy Stable. The start speller, who won on debut at Morpherville, uh, $1.75, justified the short quote that day, and um, the way she won was pretty pretty good to the eye. The format of that race since stood up, uh, given time since that run, and... I think a pretty smart horse going places should be able to get the job done in race four. Race four, number six, my next best, Fields of Ivy. All right. They're racing at Doombin in Brisbane on Saturday where we've got the track markers good. Uh, just check your local guides. I believe there's a bit of rain forecast in the lead-up. Daniel, you're saving the best to last race, nine, number 12, Maddie Rocks. Yeah, and look, at that rain sort of stays away, I'll be... Um, a little bit keener on Matty Rock. She certainly is a better horse on top of the ground. In saying that, soft five, soft six, I don't think will hurt her. She's just a pretty classy horse, um, and I think she can get away with it even on, on affected going here. The Lucich win was was terrific. She looked sort of in trouble there at the top of the straight. wasn't sure if she was, was going to get out, that tight turning track. But once she won, she um, blew him away. The turn of foot was electric. I think she can measure up in group races in the spring or wherever she goes. Um, and she, if... I have that sort of opinion of her. She should be getting the job done here um, in the last. So $2.40, I think the right price for her. I'm happy to take that um, and put her in a few multis throughout the weekend. Race nine, number 12, the best. The value comes up in race seven, a sable mate of Matty Rocks, uh, a horse called He Runs Away, who, look, look at his form in Australia. It doesn't make for great reading in Middle East. He's, only, he's had at eight starts, two minor placings. One of those came at Doombin last start. He was a, a long way off him on the turn um, in a race that they didn't break any records out in front, that's for sure, and it certainly favoured those on the speed, but he was able to sort of knuckle down and wind up late, come with a very good run. The extra 200 metres here will suit him. Um, look, the, the set against him is he hasn't really put a couple of good runs together yet since he's been here, but um, I think certainly 2,200 metres in a race, it's certainly no tougher than what he saw last start. 
he has to be considered on an each way basis at about $11 mark. So race seven, number nine, the value he runs away in Dooman. Well, you better talk us through the course that appears as your value bet in the winning post. Uh... Well, yeah, so that, that was, that, that, that's also been scratched, which, um, oh. yeah, so the, the, the Ruffies panel, which we do in the winning post, I think I might be breaking some sort of record. I think it's three or four weeks in a row I've had a runner that's been scratched, um, which is better than tipping a loser, I guess. But, um, yeah, three or four weeks in a row now, I've, my Ruffie hasn't had a chance. So I might have to look at my criteria of picking these things before I chuck them in. Maybe it's just that, uh, you know, they that they get the word that you've made them the Ruffie and uh, you know, <laughs> Rachel moves to taking their price. Um, <laughs> Joel, um, do you have any thoughts on, on Doombin this week? Uh, no, nothing for Brisbane for me. All righty, we then move along to Belmont in Perth, where there is no uh, stakes race this Saturday. There is a race called the Narwini Stakes, but it's not a stakes race, strangely enough. But conveniently enough, that's where BJ's best comes up. That is race four, number six, Massimo for BJ Ryan. And his value bet is in the following race, race five, number two, Prince Turbo. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, big, big cards at Tarapa and Hawara. Indeed, big fields for Tarapa, <coughs> 10 races, uh, 12 at Hawara, but uh, at Tarapa, first of all, best bet, race nine, number 16, Vadavar, French bread, Gallagher, actually by reduced choice, but uh, French bread, and won a couple over 2,000 plus in France, and he finds his way... In New Zealand, had one start locally, big run, got well back, came very wide and hit the line strongly for six. We'll be fit up for that. And I think can settle perhaps a bit closer from a middle draw. Should be hard to beat. Was nominated for a couple of group ones uh, coming up at Hastings uh, when the noms closed earlier this week. Value bet at Tarapa comes up in the first, number 10, Turret. She was my value bet a couple of weeks ago. She sat about seven or eight wide the trip on a very heavy track, and she guts it out pretty well to finish fifth. She was a thousand to fourteen hundred. She'll be fitter for that. Uh, takes on mares only on Saturday, and I think uh, she can break through for a maiden win at Hara. My best bet is Fiano, race eight, number thirteen. Sticking with him was with him first up, and he ran on well for third. Got chopped out late. Probably should have run second. The winner won quite clearly, but it was a pleasing return. The real heavy ground was some query for mine but he seemed to handle it well looking like being a bit firmer on Saturday which will suit and uh, just benefits from a lovely four kilo claim again and my value bet at Hara race two number four Mr Porotini one start jumped well from an inside gate but then was just caught in the wrong part of the track they're all scouting wide he's finished out the back beating 33 lengths put a pen through that it'll be a, a slightly dry track which will suit and he'll be better for that experience I'm convinced he's better than that uh, than that outing suggests. So he's the value race two, number four. All righty, that takes care of a big Saturday of racing around Australasia and brings us to the segment we like to call Lazy Lobsters. Lazy 
All right. Thank you once again to Daryl Thompson-Turner and Suburban Rock Patrol for our Lazy Lobsters theme, suburbanrockpatrol.bandcamp.com for all your suburban rock needs. Well, last week we had Drew Hallam uh, as our guest lobsterer and uh, he covered himself in glory with the win of Sir Barnabas at around about 15 bucks. And we did have one excuse, which was um, Joel Wagner was out. No excuses for me and Nutter. Were there Nutter or very unlucky? No. Holy great. Good. Was close, right? No, not, not good enough. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, because uh, Drew was successful, I invited him to have another go this week. Uh, now, he's not he's about as full of confidence as I usually am. It sure was nice to find a winner last week. My punting history suggests lightning is highly unlikely to strike twice, but I'll give it a crack. It is Flemington Race 9, number 9 for Drew. That is Lord Markle, $10 each way, a horse that I've got a great deal of fondness for because in my uh, Wednesday best bets form, it's about the only winner I've tipped in the last couple of weeks. Here's what Drew has to say about Lord Markle. This race... Race maps quite similarly to the race he won at Sandown a couple of weeks ago. God bless him. There should be plenty of pace on, so expect him to be swooping late down the outside. Also worth noting, it's Jason Maskeel's only ride for the day. So good luck to Drew Allen this week. See if he can keep it going on Lord Markle. And a reminder, readers, uh, just in case Drew gets wiped out, you can be the guest lazy lobsterer. Just send us an email to incoming at winningpost.com.au. Lazy Lobster's in the subject line. Uh, Joel, at the at the risk of angering our readers, I'm going with Tavi Dance again. Flemington race <laughs> for number 10. How about you? Well, let's put it all on the line. It may well be next week. Drew in, Joel out because uh, I'm going head-to-head. Let's let's uh, let's put the gloves on and duke it out. Savvy lad, race nine, number seven for me. So, uh, yeah, if uh, if Drew happens to land the cash two weeks in a row, well, I might have a spell. Um, look, I went a multi last week and it was no good. I'm going to try and back it up again with a multi. I think two of these two horses will be really hard to beat. Matty Rocks in Brisbane in the last uh, at about two forty five, two fifty, all into uh, Talia race eight. Number 10, I think $5, that will be $5 dividend, so 20 on that to 100 um, But if, that, if that's the fail, we'll probably give the multis a miss going forward. Maddie Rocks uh, jumps first. Does she, Daniel? Um, good question. Rose Hill and Brisbane are roughly about the same time. So it's race nine, Doombin, um, and race eight, Rose Hill. It'd be... Pretty similar, I'd imagine. I reckon the Rose Hill race would probably go right. first, though. Anyway, whichever whichever way we go is the way we go. Excellent. That, remi- that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. Special notice, uh, Qantas Freight has been struck by a COVID positive uh, that has resulted in a flight being cancelled, which means that winning post and best bets, for that matter, will not be getting to Tasmania at all this weekend. So our sincere apologies to our Tasmanian readers, we're going to be doing uh, everything possible to make sure we can get back on sale in the Apple Isle uh, ASAP. You can, of course, read your winning post online. Just go to winningpost.com.au 
click the link there. Still working on it for the Northern Territory as well. We're not out in the Northern Territory as well. Everywhere else, uh, Western Australia, which uh, we winning post is not on sale. Everywhere else it is out on Friday morning uh, with all your form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday and plenty of great reading besides. Uh, so have a great weekend, everybody. In the meantime, back plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.